I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days, breaking down every team in the NFL for you, getting you prepped for the 2021 fantasy football season. Once again, I'm Neil Smith, joined with uh, Steve Bonham. Hello. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's just get right into it. We're going to talk about the New York football giants today, folks. A show that perennially I'm... <laughs> uh, it's not It's not my favorite show. Not not much of a giant fan. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to whip through this here. And there's a couple interesting spots, but man, oh man, is there some, uh, some stuff on here. So once again, we're going to talk about the, uh, we're going to reference the Fantasy Pros ECR along with our own content. Check that out at importantnonsense.com and importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. Uh, if you like what you hear, help us keep the lights on. And for $1, one little dollar a month, you can become a Patreon with us and you can get access to our Discord channel. Chat with Steve, chat with myself, chat with all of our staff. Uh, we've got that F nerd on there who will be happy to talk to you about start sit, any number of different things to interact with and do on there. And uh, if you have questions about trades, your team, hit us up. We'll be happy to give you some advice. So $1 a month gets you access to that. And as always, we'll be talking about everything today referenced through 12 team PPR. And as we sit down, it is a beautiful Saturday, August the 21st. So if anything we say sounds a little bit dated, check out the wrap up show, which will be coming out. Uh, the Friday before draft weekend, right before Labor Day weekend. And with that, Steve, let's kick it off. The New York football giants. And we'll start right with Danny Dimes, a gentleman that you and I have been high on in previous seasons and we're <laughs> bitterly disappointed by. Uh, it sort of it sort of makes it it sort of makes it uh, hard to be objective about Daniel Jones when uh, when you come at it through that lens. But you and I are professionals, so we will power through. Right. And we will and we will stick to the facts. And the facts here are that, well, he just seems to have issues keeping control of the football. He fumbles mm-hmm. at an alarming rate for yeah. for somebody that's this that's coming into year three in the league. And I think the the Giants themselves have some questions about Mr. Jones. And this is going to be a big year for him. He regressed pretty significantly in his second year. He didn't make hardly any improvements over his rookie year. Ball security and decision making seem to be issues for Mr. Jones, and it makes it hard to really want to get heavily invested in him for fantasy purposes. Would you not agree? Uh, yeah, we talked. You know, we talked about it last year. I had Daniel Jones as a top ten QB, but what is it we we talked about last season with Daniel Jones that I'm going to bring back up again this year? And again, I'll steal a phrase from you when we were talking about Dak Prescott and Zeke a couple years ago, right? Well, yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, Zeke is the straw that stirs the drink. That is Saquon Barkley for Daniel Jones. And if you look at it, in the games where Saquon Barkley has played and has had at least 10 rush attempts, Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback. He is at right at QB 10 from last year, 21.2 fantasy points per game in games when Saquon Barkley is out or has less than 10 rush attempts, 16.3 points per game, QB 24. 
So if Saquon is healthy and playing, Daniel Jones has top 12 upside because defenses hone in on stopping the run game and it opens up the field for Daniel Jones. But when Saquon has been out, what's behind Saquon is so terrible that everybody just says, okay, we dare you to beat us with your running game. We dare you. Go ahead. You're not going to be able to pass on us. You have to run the ball. And the Giants still throw the ball, and that's how he's getting into trouble with his <laughs> interception and his fumbles. But even then, his interception to touchdown ratio isn't bad. Like Based on his career history, we have him projected for 23 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That's a good ratio. He's fairly consistent in that regard. To your point, it's just the fumbles. He cannot seem to hold on to the ball. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of Kurt Warner. How Kurt Warner had significant fumbling issues throughout his entire career. But if you took that aside, he was pretty decent. He was a game manager for sure. But from a fantasy perspective, if you took away the fumbling, he was a useful piece. And that could be Daniel Jones. The problem is you're 100% relying on Saquon staying healthy for the whole year. Because you know when Saquon's not in there, it's garbage. Well, and just a couple things to tag onto that, right? When you say what's behind Saquon is so terrible, just for context, folks, talking about Devontae Freeman, talking about Alfred Morris a, a time or two in there over the last two years where Saquon yeah. is this time, it really, like, and you're talking about, these Wayne are not Gallman. guys, that, Wayne Gallman was actually on the roster, but those other guys, they signed off the street. Mm -hmm. that's how bad that running back room is once you get past Saquon Barkley. This so year's this year's so different. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, and we'll cover running back in detail here in a moment, but it's impossible to discuss the giants without talking about the running back room. Right. Yeah. Cause it, as, but, uh, it, you know, it, I kind of, I, I went around it a little, mm -hmm. but to answer your question right now, Daniel Jones is 21 at QB in the ECR. He's 25 in ADP going basically undrafted. And like I just mentioned, your worst case scenario historically on average with Daniel Jones has been QB 23. So that's, that's his floor. And he's going beyond that in ADP. And the ceiling is top 12. So if you want Daniel Jones as your backup, as your QB two, I, there, there are guys you can draft that are going ahead of him. That could be worse. Which is why he actually comes in at QB 18 in my rankings, because I'm willing to get him a little bit higher than that floor. It's just right. He just doesn't I, have the ceiling of some of the younger guys. Well, and the direct question I asked was, would you would you like <laughs> would you want to would you want to get excited about it? Would it be something that you would want to recommend? And I think the other way to put the answer you gave is not really outside of a QB two, which is kind of yeah. where he is at this point in his career. The days of us recommending Daniel Jones. Super flex. Yes. Yeah, sure. That's a regular thing. redraft. No, exactly. So we're not really excited about it. However, it isn't the kind of thing that I think shouldn't be going undrafted. Mm -hmm. And to talk about what you were talking about a moment ago, it really do, it is. It is a lot like what happened in 2020 to Dallas. Yeah. It is. It is that when, when Saquon goes out, he's your best player. Whereas now Dallas works a little bit differently when Dak is kind of in control at this point And Zeke is more, he's more one B the kind of the, the power structure has flipped there. But it isn't that here. It still is Saquon's your best player. And when he's out there, defenses will adjust to that, meaning there's more room for Daniel Jones to do things 
and he's not facing and yeah, I brought that up on every play. I brought that up too because it's another thing we talked about last year. Is we talked about the connection between Zeke and Dak, Dak developing from a mid-tier QB fifteen to the top five upper echelon he is now, and the quarter and the coach that got him there is the offensive coordinator now with the Giants in Jason Garrett. Again, just making that connection. If he can take a third year improvement, a leap to be a more reliable guy with the ball and Saquon stays healthy, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Daniel Jones has a top 10 fantasy season. Yeah, Dak got that year to develop and really work on his craft with Mm -hmm. Zeke staying healthy. Daniel Jones didn't get that opportunity. And there's no guarantee he'll ever get that opportunity theoretically, which is why it gets hard to recommend him as like a true starter. But as a backup, there is some, there's still, the the candle is still slightly burning Mm -hmm. with Daniel Jones. We, you might be able to get something out of it. It's not, it's one year too early, I think, to, to pull the plug on it. If, if Saquon stays healthy and Daniel Jones doesn't make any significant improvements over this year, I think everybody, the writing will be on the wall. Daniel Jones will not be long for, uh, for, for that team. He'll be, he'll be playing elsewhere firmly as a backup at that point. But if at, at the relative ADP, sure. As my backup Mm -hmm. quarterback, absolutely. That'd be something I would be willing to do. So it seems like the public is ready to pronounce him dead. Whereas I'd say, give it one more season and then, and then be ready to, to pull the plug. But we've already referenced Saquon like 15 times. So we might as well, and there's no, there's no backup here that you would want to roster. We've seen that before. It's Mike Glennon. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go right into, into running back and it's Saquon. And there's really not too much to say that hasn't already been said. He's an RB one. Well, I mean, there is definitely something to be said right now in ADP. He's going at RB six. Okay. He's going outside the top five in PPR. Folks are shook. But, But not only that, like he's going outside of the top five. He's number seven in the ECR. And we have been in a ton of drafts. I, I've had a couple of redraft drafts already this offseason, and I've seen Saquon Barkley on multiple occasions fall into the front end of the second round. I'm just not understanding. Like, even on underdog right now, Saquon Barkley's ADP is 11. He, like, he's outside of the top five for a chunk of the industry to the point where people like Travis Kelsey and the top tier wide receivers are going ahead of him because they feel like he's dropped a tier. And to me, he's still in that elite top five. I still have him at RB five. He would be my fifth player off the board in most redraft leagues. So yeah. yeah. In, in PPR because of his pass catching and because we've, we've mentioned it in a 10 minute show. I think we've said it at least five times. Now there's nobody behind Yep. Saquon Barkley. There is literally no threat to his job other than him staying healthy. And it feels like Saquon Barkley has been in the league forever. He's <laughs> 24. Like we just talked about New England a couple episodes ago and Damian Harris getting his shot. And the narrative around Damian Harris this whole offseason has been, oh, he's a young rookie or a young running back finally getting his chance to break out. This is his year. He's, he could be a top 24 back. You're getting around 30. And Saquon Barkley is dead, and his career is over. They share a birthday. Like they're, <laughs> they, they are literally like one or two days apart. They are both 24 years old. Like Saquon Barkley 
has been dominating this league for so long that people just forget how young and talented he is. He has still at least three more years left in his legs. I've got him at number four right behind Alvin Kamara. So for me, he's still in that upper echelon, and he is right now the biggest steal at ADP of anyone. Well, I would argue if you, if you want to talk about this briefly, I would argue you might actually get more than three years out of his legs, given the time he missed. And then yeah. if surgeries heal right, he doesn't have as much tread on the tires as you would think for somebody right. who's done that much work. Yeah, you might get a little bit of upside on it, but no, I, I don't understand that either. The that's that's kind of crazy. That's a, yeah. that's an insane value on. Like I can tell you, I have a redraft league that just started this morning, and in that I was heavily considering him at the number three pick where I'm going. And I decided to go with Kamara instead, but it was a real coin flip decision and Barkley fell all the way to nine. Like it's, he's that good for me. And yet he's falling way down board. And I, for basically no fault of his own, people are just scared of the injury and scared of the offense. Which I can understand being scared of the injury. He is the offense, so I'm not really scared of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not really worried about that at all. The opportunities, and I mean, he's their best player, and it's but, not close, yeah. folks. You know what? Let's mention it a sixth time. That's all there is at running back. There's yeah. nothing. You don't want a handcuff. You don't want a backup. We saw it last year. Even if Saquon is hurt, you don't want the starting running back for the Giants, no matter who it is. No, it it's, doesn't matter. There's, it does not matter unless his name is Saquon Barkley. I thought it's not relevant. So, and I would be willing to take him basically as once we get to the fifth overall pick, I'm fine with it. And I think our website is we haven't projected as RB three because we're not projecting yeah. to get hurt again. So I think people are just scared, and I don't view this as that much of a risk. And it sounds like from what you're saying, you don't either at all. No. To where it's just so if people are going to give you a value on Saquon Barkley, I would be snatching that up in as many drafts as I possibly could. And beyond that, let's just get right into pass catcher. So yep. they have Kenny Galladay, who they brought in from the Lions, and Kenny Galladay, when he's healthy, is a fantastic wide receiver. He's, you know, out of NIU. I know he's got a soft spot in your in your heart right. because of that. So and we've seen him when he played, you know, in Detroit, even on bad teams. He's very talented with as long as people can get him the ball and as long as he can stay healthy. These are the two things that need to happen. But when he's out there and people can actually throw him the ball within a five foot radius. He's going to catch it and he'll put his foot in the ground and make a move and make you pay. They moving on from him briefly, but we'll circle back. They still have Sterling Shepard, who funnily enough, kind of the same thing when he's healthy, he's actually a real NFL player, but that's been the history. That's been the issue. They have, they have uh, <laughs> a former breakout candidate star turned. Oh my God, what happened uh, in Darius Slayton going into yeah. year three, where now, now that's still a thing. They, they, <laughs> They all, and this, it also, they did a total Gettleman in what I would consider the most baffling move in the first round of this year's draft. They drafted Kadarius Tony to basically run down the field with his hand up at a hundred miles an hour. So they had to get a first round pick to, uh, to do that. So I have, I have after no they idea. Signed John Ross. Yeah, after they the signed John Cincinnati Ross to run to do down this, the field at a hundred miles an hour with his hand up. Yeah. To do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they still have Austin Mack. And, and at this point we're, we're way down the depth chart here. They also still have Dante Pettis. And so that's, yeah, it's, and it's from, a, room. from a starting standpoint, they signed Galladay. He'll be the surefire X. In years past last season, 
Uh, they had Darius Slayton on the outside with Shepard when he was healthy and Golden Tate playing out of the slot. Golden Tate is gone. And the biggest issue for me, like I said, last year is they were double covering Darius Slayton because they knew that without a running game, that's what was going to happen. And Sterling Shepard was dealing with injuries. He played half the season pretty much last year. So now he's back theoretically healthy. He has shifted into the slot with Kenny Galladay coming in. Slayton still is on the other side. They still have Evan Ingram at tight end who led the team in targets last year. And to your point, yes, they brought in Kadarius Tony because I believe that it's going to be the last year of Darius Slayton. Tony will be the slot receiver of the future. But unless something happens to Sterling Shepard, he will very rarely see the field this year. Oh, I agree with that. And I'm just not a I'm just not a believer in the player, to be honest. Yeah. It's not it doesn't move the needle for me at all. He's very fast, but beyond that, I'm not really interested. And we've seen a million billion guys come into this league who are just fast and it doesn't it doesn't translate. You have to be a little bit more of a technical he, football player. He does have some route running ability, but he's raw. He needs he's, to develop. Yeah. And he's mainly his biggest uh help to the team overall is I think he's it's going to be him or Jabril Peppers to win out that punt and kick return job. And I think oh, he okay. has, that's fair. I'll give you that. I, I think he that. definitely is the most talented to do that. I think that's kind of the only reason John Ross is there at this point. And I don't think he makes the team based on everything else they've done this off season. So I think that he has a real shot to win that role and have that type of impact immediately out of the gate. But I think you're looking at Kadarius Tony in year two more than we are in year one having. Oh, sure. I'll be happy to revisit this conversation when Darius Slayton's no longer playing football there. Yeah. And that, and, and then I'll, then I'll talk to you yeah. about it. Yeah. I'll talk to you about it then. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then we'll reevaluate. But for this season, I'm not interested in Kadarius Tony. I, and no. even in dynasty, I was pooping. Or, or, or Slayton. And even I'm not, I'm not extremely interested in Shepard either. I know he's a consistent guy and being the slot receiver automatically means he's going to get more looks and usage than he has potentially in years past. And again, he's been reliable. He's been good enough. But even in years past, you're talking about a guy who's been at, at his best, a wide receiver three. Yes, that actually has kind of been his claim to fame. He's been a consistent wide receiver three in years gone by where he's never going to get you this huge ceiling. Mm -hmm. But the floor, even when he wasn't playing in the slot, the floor is there for you. Yeah, he's 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 he, if you throw it in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. Right. That's the and, best value of Sterling Shepard. And right now he's going at wide receiver 69, uh, 175 overall in the ADP, which is basically in line with where I have him ranked. Like that's kind of where I'd want him. But at that point, I'd rather have an upside guy. That's kind of the problem and why he keeps falling is because he's in that bucket of of guys where it's like, I would rather just get an upside guy. I don't need a floor guy when I'm yeah. down this low typically. So that's why he keeps falling. And also the perception. Well, is it a, I don't know. Injury prone's a myth, but he's yeah. been dealing with a lot of injuries. So. So I think the biggest way, debate about this team in general, are, in terms of just overall pass catchers, they also, by the way, signed Kyle Rudolph, which is hilarious because it is hilarious. Yeah. The new stumpy of the NFL now that Jason is retired again. Well, can Evan but, Ingram actually hold on to the ball? Yeah, that's, that's it. Get, so it's yeah. it, Evan Ingram led the team in targets last year. I think paying Kenny Galladay to come in and be your one 
solidifies he will now lead the team in targets. Well, and real quick, we've got Kenny Galladay as a top 20 receiver. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's between Galladay and Ingram as your primary pass catchers here for who's going to lead the team. And I think it's Galladay and Ingram is two. But Ingram right now is going at tight end 15, 137 overall. So he's going in the 12th round. Um, he, he's kind of being faded by everybody, including us, because I still don't think he's that good. But he's good enough and going to get enough target share that he's part of that dart throw tight end conversation. Whereas I have Kenny Galladay, and maybe it's my own personal bias, as wide receiver 20. Because he is the one they're going to throw the ball a lot. We've He's been a top 12 receiver when he's healthy. His problem last year was that he's healthy. So now he's trying to learn a new system, come into a new team, and try to develop some kind of rapport with Daniel Jones. And he's going at wide receiver 25 in ADP. No, I also have him at 20. That's why I was saying he's a top 20 wide receiver for me. He's number 20. He's yeah. right there. And it's just a function of look at who he's playing around and yeah, he'll might have to deal with some extra coverage, but he's historically been good enough to be a top 20 wide receiver. And he's going to be the primary wide receiver on this team. And right. he's significantly better than anyone and else. Again, I, I understand like you're building in risk with a guy like Galladay learning a new offense coming off of an injury plague sure. season. But at the same time, we've seen the talent. I would argue that RB like or RB wide receiver 30 is basically his floor. And you're telling me I can have him in the sixth round at wide receiver 25. I mean, I feel like that's pretty low risk. At that point, you're saying he's my third or fourth wide out. Exactly. What am, what am I risking here? Yeah, and I like him. I'd have him at 20 because I have some of the other guys who are going in that like 25 neighborhood are guys like Tyler Lockett, where it's like, I know what Tyler Lockett is. I'd rather have Kenny Galladay as my third wide receiver than like Tyler Lockett, for example, because I know what I'm getting with Tyler Lockett. Whereas if I'm, if I'm willing to risk it a little bit here, Kenny Galladay could, could be like a top 10 wide receiver. Theoretically, he has that level of ability. Whereas Tyler Lockett is never going to be a top 10 wide receiver in the league. And it's too inconsistent. So I would, if you're talking about, those are my choices. Yeah. Give me Kenny Galladay all day long. He's got a little bit more upside than some of those other guys in that neighborhood for me. And then just, just, there's nothing else really that I'm interested in. And Evan Ingram, aside from Evan Ingram, because it's kind of funny, we've spent years dogging on Evan Ingram on this show. Like, that's literally what it is. And finally, he's falling in ADP to a price point where I'm like, hey, that's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same thing we always talk about. I have Evan Ingram at tight end 14. That's right in line with his ADP right now. And again, it's because I don't want him as my every week starter. Well, but if he's right my there, backup... Right I have him right there next to Eric Ebron dropped him as prime. And it's yeah. kind of a function of the same thing. Yeah. The, the, it's, you know what 100%. you're getting, yeah. you know what I, I know what I'm getting. And at that point, and at that price point, I'm willing to deal with it. It's fine. Right. Cause it, it's, but it's dart throw tight end. Our if issue is tight end too. Great. Our issue with Evan Ingram, Ingram historically is people trying to draft him as a top 10 tight end. Yeah. That's been the problem. So now or that we're not, not even top 10, top five, people yeah, exactly. wanted to make him the five or six. Yeah. So now that we're not doing that anymore, Cool. Yeah. I'm good with it. We can yep. do that. Like, he finally uh, faded into a re- uh, region that makes sense for what he gives you. Yeah. So basically at this point, you're looking at Daniel Jones as your backup quarterback, theoretically would be acceptable. Kenny Galladay, I'm willing to take as a top 20 wide receiver. E- Evan Ingram has finally regressed to a price point that it actually is starting to make sense 
throughout your Evan Ingram is my TE2. And then everything else is like, nah, pretty much leave the rest of it out there, right? There's, I can't think of well, anything. Saquon, but yeah. I'm sorry. And I, <laughs> but I mean, that, but that was the obvious one. So yes. Yeah. 15 minutes on it. I was talking about supporting cast. Yeah. Um, I, so realistically, there's nothing else. I'm not interested in Kyle Rudolph. Yep. Don't want it. Nope. Darius don't want Slayton the defense, don't wire. want the kicker, they're garbage. Dar- yep. Darius Slayton's a waiver wire thing, maybe at some point. Probably not. Probably not, but that's where it belongs. That's Sterling Shepard's kind of the same thing, maybe a waiver wire thing at some point is like a bye week fill in. I could see it. Something like that. But beyond that, that's it. The defense is going to be atrocious. Yep. Uh, they're going to be terrible. And that's who is their kicker, even, Steve? Is it? It's Graham, Graham Gano. Gano. Yeah, it's yeah. Graham Gano. Again, maybe if you're desperate, it's like a bye week fill in or something but that's really it. So some interesting values though. We actually kind of mined some nuggets out of there. Some interesting values coming out of the giants, just because it's, I think it's a function of them. going to They're going to be bad again. So mm-hmm. people are afraid of it. So historically you can find some diamonds in the rough on teams like this. I think this year is no different. And we're going to continue the theme of that. I think tomorrow, as we talk about the other New York franchise, the, uh, the New York jets. And as they attempt to completely tear down and rebuild that process. Catch you tomorrow. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!